Welcome back to episode three of Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your three hosts, Ricky Uniac. I am Chuck Clark. Dan Schrupeck reporting for Dirty. And boy, do we have a good one for y'all today. Um, but before we dive into that, gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Feeling pretty full. I just had tacos for dinner. Uh, very, very wonderful home-cooked tacos, and uh, they're settling into my stomach nice and easy, which is good. Always nice when you're dealing with Mexican food. you got to make sure it settles right. Of course, of course. <laughs> and that is why I left my Mexican cooking tonight to the professionals and got a <laughs> restaurant-bought fajita, which was awesome. <laughs> so I am, I am ready for this and ready for the episode, man. All righty. Well, Kind of dive right into it here. Some of the, uh, I guess, the more breaking news sort of coming out in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, did either of you two fall for the the jokesters last night, the Spider-Man cast with their fake movie titles? Did either of you two fall victim to that? Um, Not really because of when I wake up and how that all works. So because basically yeah, I saw the news that Tom Holland had like put out what was supposedly the Spider-Man title. And then I saw Zendaya had put out hers and um, I can't remember his name, but the other cast member had put out Ned. his. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so this isn't real. And then everyone just started putting out theirs. Um, mm-hmm. I I did see one, um, a couple memes that I thought were pretty funny. Like I saw one that was like. We know who's behind all this um, memeing, and I saw a certain person that we'll be discussing at the end of the episode. <laughs> and then I saw – I also saw one that was related to the same show, which was a picture of Vision, and it said, I'm not amused. I saw that. I <laughs> didn't see that. That was good. I, I thought that was uh, – I thought that was pretty cool. I sort of – Sort of fell victim to it. However, I take anything Tom Holland posts on social media with a grain of salt um, because I know this has turned into this running joke that he spoils everything going back to the Infinity War press tour that they were doing. Um, However, so I saw the I saw the post last night um, because I follow all three of 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 the main cast members on Instagram, um, but Something about Spider-Man phone home mm-hmm. didn't quite register with me. And I was like, okay, this is this is probably a prank. Um, and then I noticed that Holland was on um, Jimmy Fallon last night. I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch that. But he's promoting his new movie, uh, Cherry, directed by the Russo brothers. Shot in Cleveland, by the way. Shout out mm. Cleveland. Um, very excited for that movie. And in the middle of his segment with uh, Jimmy Fallon, they played this like new game. Um I don't remember what they called it, but it was like it was like the spoiler game or something like that because of this ongoing <laughs> joke that Tom Holland spoils everything. And um, that was pretty neat to see last night. And then obviously this morning, did you guys catch the video that he posted? Yeah. 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 Him walking so, yeah. out of John Watt's office and mm-hmm. then the real name is revealed on the whiteboard. And the entire time they're walking through the office, they're like, well, you know why he's not telling you anything because you spoil everything. So. This running joke of Tom Holland not being able to keep a secret I find hilarious because I feel like that's exactly how he is. Like this all is very much justified. Oh, I don't no, it's know. 100% true. Have you seen the things with Benedict Cumberbatch just like 
just snapping at him, yeah. grabbing his and like shutting him up immediately. Like, no, 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 no. That's why you're with me because I will not allow you to do that. I am, I am the adult here. Please shut up. He's and, a and chaperone, <laughs> like true yeah. and true. Yeah. Well, so, and yeah. like first off, he's not as bad as Mark Ruffalo because I don't know if you saw this, but it was after Infinity War came out. I saw this video of Ruffalo doing an interview. And I think they were talking about it. This was when Civil War came out, I think, or something like, or no, it was Ragnarok. He was doing press for mm-hmm. either Ragnarok or he's doing press for Infinity War. And someone was like, "How many people die of this?" And he's like, "Oh, not that many, but the next one, it's like crazy." And then he was like, oh. <laughs> "I've seen that, yeah." And I don't know if you saw, but Ruffalo also had his fake phone on Facebook Live. During yes, the that's premiere the... of Thor Ragnarok and left it on for the first 10 minutes of the premiere. I remember that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, that's – and Ruffalo both... is the only act against Holland. Tom Holland also <laughs> is just ridiculous. <laughs> but, well, people uh, don't keep the same energy with Ruffalo they do with Holland because Holland's younger. Nope. But uh, both of them – I don't know if you guys watched the Graham Norton show. It's the uh, Reddit, the oh, it's hilarious. one, I and it's hilarious. Yeah. They've both been on there and talked about it. And uh, with Holland, it was funny because they literally – they were doing Infinity War, and he was on there. And he was like, I've got a new suit this time. And then they show the picture. He's like, oh, there it is. It's like, yep, that's the first time seeing it. That's great. He's like, they didn't tell you what your suit looks like? He's like, they haven't told me anything. <laughs> 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 to the point where he showed up to the funeral scene in uh, Endgame. For, and didn't know what it was. Literally yeah, didn't know he's, what he's, it was. I thought I remember seeing an interview where they told him that he it was a wedding. Yeah, like they yeah. were shooting a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't tell him it was actually a funeral. Weirdest oh, wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I think. Uh, oh, but to answer your first question, Ricky, no, I didn't fall for it. Yeah, well, you're, the you're, MCU, the MCU doesn't you. They want you to know when the title is coming out. They'll let you know when it's actually out, and there you go. I mean, I, I sort of fell for it, um, but uh, you know, probably one last Tom Holland, my favorite Tom Holland story here before we kind of move on. Um, did you guys ever see the? He did an Instagram live one time when uh, he he got a package from the Russo brothers, and he did an unboxing of said package on Instagram live. And this was um, right before Infinity War. I believe this was before Infinity War. Like, it was named Infinity War. People just knew it as Mm -hmm. Avengers 3. And he's unboxing this box on Instagram Live. And he it, it's the it's the official movie poster. And the first thing he does is he holds it off to the side to show the camera. And he's like, yeah, look at this, look at this. And then he turns it over to look at it himself. And on the back of the poster, you see, like, confidential, do not share Marvel <laughs> Studios. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. And then, like, of course, on Instagram Live, when someone takes a screenshot, you can see the incoming comments. And people are just cracking up. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh of yeah. course. So I, who knows if all, all of that's 100% real or not. Um, but this whole running gag with them not being able to trust tom holland is hilarious and it's a genius marketing um by by these producers and by marvel so kudos to them by the way we should mention that the actual name is now spider-man no way home oh yeah. of that's the official title as released in that video uh, so we'll see how that plays out. They just don't want this guy to ever go home. I mean, uh, he came home in homecoming and then he was far from home and now there's no way home. Um, 
So I'm super excited about that movie. They announced it's coming out Christmas, which is pretty huge because I know there were rumors about it being like the like set around Christmas time, like in the movie. Um, mm. So I'm very, very excited about that. I think that's going to be very, very cool. And the last important thing, those three words in theaters only. Yeah. Not- I hope by December. I hope by December right, we're I, okay. If we're not, that's, that's, if we're not back by December, we gotta be doing. So we gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I'm gonna be looking uh, to relocate if that's the case. I'm, I, I might be heading <laughs> heading north. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so to kind of make up the rest of the uh, episode today, we're going to dive into um, each of our top five shows of all time, um, TV shows, that is. And we did break up the top five. So we're doing top five comedies and then top five, I guess, drama slash everything else, because it was just going to be too impossible to kind of combine those two. We figured I like um, to say lighter tone versus heavier tone, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and then just like the previous two episodes, Dan's got some trivia for us. And then just like always, we're going to close it out with the latest episode of WandaVision. Um, definitely going to dive into some theories, see what changed from um, last time. I believe we have some predictions um, on the record. I don't think any of us were right. I don't think any of us really knew what was going on. So it'll be cool to kind of dive back into those if I can find them. Um but do either of you want to start us off? I think we're going to start with our top five comedy uh, TV shows of all time. Do we have any volunteers who wants to go first? Sure. I'll start. Okay. Top five comedies of all time. Um, at number five, uh, this list was fairly easy. I knew what my top four was. Five was sort of swirling around. There was a couple different options I was thinking about. In the end... I decided at number five right now, it's South Park. Mm, It's just, there's so many episodes that I can just turn on and just be like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And it's, part of me wants to be like, you know, some of these aren't right. And not all of them have aged well. Some of them I look back Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Mm, that didn't, that didn't work out. But that's the nature of the show anyways they only make they make it literally in one week they decide what they write it animate it and voice it in a week so that's that's the most impressive part about south park because it's hysterical i mean it's hysterical lots of shows are hysterical they make hysterical content it's almost saturday night live ishly impressive that they're topical and just come up with what is happening in the world right now have the perfect take on it a majority of the time of their important episodes at least and awesome hilarious yeah i i think they've fallen off in the last four or five years though it's, there's been a noticeable decline yeah. i feel like the last four or five years they tried to do these things where they have these season-long storylines and i'm like we don't need that i as you know i as much as i like some of the you know more some of the political themed ones from the early years I also love the just dumb ones. Like yeah. one of my favorite episodes of all time, when they bring in Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, to train <laughs> that's genius. That's yeah. pure genius right there. And it has nothing to do with anything serious. That's an episode you can turn on any time of day, any time of year, and just be like, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. In private, in private. Yeah. <laughs> that, and I also love the. Uh, 
um, Human Sentai Pad. Oh, that's oh my. That's top five for me. Top five. Classic. I mean, first off, it's so relevant today with, like, Apple invading your privacy. Yeah. Like, not just Apple anymore. It's, like, every company. But um, just for them the to world. be like, let's combine Human Centipede and Apple. Where does that get us? You didn't yeah. read the user agreement? Well, that's what I was about great. to say. We The world still just clicks the button. We yeah. still just click it. We don't. We did not heed the credence of the episode. It, that episode, the first time watching it, kind of made me actually like it created a real fear for myself of like, holy crap, should I be reading these user agreements? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Ricky gets whisked away in the middle. Of yeah, <laughs> he's oh. in the factory. We haven't seen him for days. Could you imagine? <laughs> All right, number four for me. Um. I haven't watched the episodes in a long time, but just the fact that I can still quote them, that the memes still mean something to me, that I love the show so much. Back in the Nickelodeon days, SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm. For me, I just couldn't make a top five comedies list without it. It's some of those episodes I can still think of in my head, still quote. I love uh Probably my favorite episode is Graveyard Shift, where they decide to open the Krusty Krab 24 hours. <laughs> the hash linging, the, the bash ringing. I quote that on the, I swear to God, every day. I'm like, the trash flinging, <laughs> the smash singing. <laughs> I mean, the comedy still works in so many. Like, when he's like, SpongeBob, I've always kind of liked you. Squidward, I used your clarinet on clock like <laughs> And I mean, the balls. The balls to put a Nosferatu reference in a SpongeBob episode is, is amazing. Right. As a kid, I have no idea who that is, but I'm just like, well, this, whatever, that's random, that's funny. <laughs> and then, like, there's just so many episodes that I can turn to and, like, put them on today and still laugh. Like, Frankendoodle, The Bubble Bowl. Um, the one oh, where he discovers curse words, but they're all sea noises, like dolphin, the dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just it's a classic and it's still producing memes to this day. How can you I'm, turn it down? I'm sure Ricky has a favorite episode. Mine is definitely where they take command of the flying Dutchman. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> you're good you're good isn't there the you're one good. where isn't like someone like infinitely falling doesn't they try to jump off the boat and they fall right back onto the boat or am i getting that mixed oh, up oh yeah another that's episode? the same episode they're like when they first get on they're like creepy sails yeah. weird cobwebs coming out of nowhere this must be and he comes out the flying dutchman <laughs> and they jump off and they land back there and he's like you're back. And they jump off again. And then it shows him waiting. And he, they fall back on. The no, fact that, that is... I can just quote these episodes and, like, still them just shows you the power that it has with me. So Yeah, yeah. Chuck has more. He can quote more than I can, for sure. I remember the episode, but not to that degree. boy Chuck. I, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think my favorite would have to be the – is it the – the bubble ball where they're in mm-hmm. the marching band. Yes. And William Fancy Son comes up to Squidward. He's like, where's your band? And he's like, they died in a marching <laughs> accident. <laughs> and then there's that one scene where it's like the, the, the twirler is twirling so hard. And Squidward's like, faster, faster. And he just takes off like an airplane. And they crash into the freaking <laughs> building. 
Oh my god, uh, we could we may have to schedule in a SpongeBob only episode <laughs> one of these days where there's like no movie releases because there is really that much to talk about. I mean, highly, highly approved movie is that it with is coming out at some point on Paramount Plus. So yeah, I did see yeah. that. Um, Paramount Plus, please. All right, <laughs> moving on to my number three. It's another cartoon, adult cartoon. Not as not filthy like uh, South Park, but very clever science fiction related, which is w- one of my favorite subjects. I'm talking about Futurama. I, there's so many great episodes of Futurama. Um, I turn it on all the time when I'm like, it's the end of the day, aka 8:30 in the morning, and for me, <laughs> and I just want to watch something and relax a little bit. I turn on an episode of Futurama, and I can just sit in and just laugh. And they're like, you know, they're, you know, they've got like three jokes a minute, and at least oh, one of them yeah. usually lands, and it's. It's just so, and they've got a lot of episodes that really. I mean, there's a couple episodes that two that I come to mind that make me cry every single time I watch them. So I know. I mean, the dog. <laughs> it's definitely the dog episode. Is definitely the one. dog episode is not one of them for me. As, what? Much, as sad you, as it is to contemplate, it's not cry level. And I've had one of my at least two dogs die during my lifetime. Okay, so I child. can relate to the pain, but it is. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I watch that episode, it's just, it's, it doesn't get me like that. The two episodes that get me, uh, Luck of the Fryrish, where he thinks his brother stole his name. That's an all-timer for me, and I won't spoil the ending, but I'll just say watch that and get ready. Yeah, because I, I have not seen Futurama like all the way through. I've seen many, many episodes. Same. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that one. I'm gonna have it's to called writing Luck, it down. It's called Luck of the Fryrish. Okay. Um. And who? Uh, this is the other thing. If you're watching it, so there were four s- seasons on Fox, but the way the streaming ne- networks, Hulu, it's on Hulu right now. I don't know if it's anywhere else. Break it up, and it was like this when it was on Netflix too. They have one through five. They have five seasons, so they divide up the seasons a little bit, which is a little weird. Um, and then there were f- there's four season six is four movies, and then seasons. What were seven and eight are now seasons like seven, eight, nine, and ten. So they, again, they split them up weird. So I don't mm. know why. You're doing that. But, okay, you, you blew my brain apart, but okay. But uh, just FYI. But Luck of the Fryrish, I mean, that's an all-timer for me. And then the other one is called Game of Tones. It's towards <laughs> the end. Um, it's it. I Futurama, I, like I think I've said, I said it before, but I love science fiction. So that just the number of science fiction references on that show really speak to me. But I think it, there's a lot of great episodes that work no matter what you know you're into. Um, there's a classic one, Fry in the Slurm Factory, which is like Willy. Oh Wonka. yeah, that's a great one. Um, and it's so funny. And it can be heartwarming at the same time. That's just a great combo to have in a show. And, and every, man, right every man forever will want to die of snoochness. Oh, yeah, that's probably my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. That's most people's favorite episode. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, it's very funny to me, but I just think I think there are higher quality episodes. Um, I completely agree. I think Slurm, I, Slurm is going to be my favorite, I think. It, it's the one that always comes back to me. And um, time keeps on slipping is another great one for me. Oh, that is a good. One. That one gets me a little emotional at the end, but uh, not not cry level. 
Um, all righty, my number two. This show, for a long time, I didn't really care for it. And then I rewatched it a couple years ago, and it's just, I love it so much. I love it more and more each time. It is one of two shows that I recently bought. On, well, I didn't buy this on DVD. My parents got it for me for Christmas because I have the other one already, um, which we'll be discussing shortly. Number two on my list, Parks and Rec. <sighs> I love Dude, Parks and Rec. I love it. Is it, on your wrist? Is it on your list, Ricky? It's not. I have – spoiler alert, Chuck, not to cut you off. I'll let you go next, but it's my number one. So okay. <laughs> you start. Um, it's – the first season is a little weird. That's a running theme in some of these, but it just grows from there. It gets so good. I think season four of Parks and Rec is about as pitch perfect a season of television, of comedy television as you're going to get. There's four so many. Six. It's, four through six. I love perfect. season seven too, for what it's worth. So Me too, yeah. me too, but um, lesser than those three. There's so many classic episodes, so many classic quotes. I mean, this is where Chris Pratt launched him into fame. Aubrey Plaza became a household name after the show. By the way, found this out this this week. Aubrey Plaza got cast in Parks and Rec, Stop Pilgrim, and Funny People in the same week. Oh my what? god, what a week. In the same week. She's working a waitress job before that or something, and then got cast in all three of these things. So and quit and quit immediately. <laughs> Parks and Rec, though, I mean, there's just so many memorable characters, so many, even like the recurring characters, like Ron Swanson's ex-wives, um, mm-hmm. Tammy, Tammy, and Tammy, Tammy one and Tammy two. <laughs> um, uh What's yeah, my, I think my my favorite quote. So I have it's 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 my favorite of all time is the episode where Ron uh, gets the iPod uh, given to him and he understands what or MP3 whatever. I, there was no branding, I don't think, but <laughs> whatever headphone thing he was given to play music, and he's listening jamming to to Willie Nelson and everybody the entire time. And somebody <laughs> somebody brings up Luke Skywalker and he goes, "Is that the little wizard boy <laughs> talk, <laughs> talking about Harry Potter?" My favorite quote. I lose it every single time. For for me, the funniest episode, I don't know if it's the best, but one of the funniest episodes, season three, flu season. And the funniest quote, which Chris Pratt ad-libbed or made up himself, which is just great. Leslie's walking out of her office and he's looking on the computer and he's like, (laughs) Leslie, I typed your symptoms in the computer and it says you may have network connectivity issues. (laughs) (laughs) That, yes, that is... Chris Pratt did I love that. It is it's unbelievable. <laughs> yes, I, I will start a little bit now. Just just from it's my favorite show of all time. I you talk about cry episodes in Futurama. Oh yeah. There are three or four for sure, but the the two automatic uh, two moments from the same episode and then another episode moment are just breathtaking to me. First just the, the the I'll start with the two episode the, the two from the same episode, which is Leslie and Ben's wedding. Oh yeah. Just wrecks me. One just beating the general vows in the wedding ceremony itself. I am bawling. Tears everywhere. And then just with the uh reveal 
that goes with it where they step where Leslie steps into the room in the uh the actual Parks and Rec office and and, and, and is yeah confronted by everyone is just amazing. But then the other little one from that is uh when Ron when you know uh Jeremy's being being a being a douche, being a being a jackass as he does. <laughs> and uh Ron Swanson just just punches him in the face as hard as he can. Uh, yeah. Um, one of my by, favorite moments. Also, we forgot to shout out one of the funniest moments and best recurring characters of all time, Little Sebastian. I was going to yeah. say it. Bye. I was surprised nobody did. I, uh, I downloaded a cover version of that song on uh, my Spotify. So just <laughs> FYI, that's how much I love that. Um, Real and, quick, just my last moment. I have to do it because this is, this is my one. So I'm, I'm, we don't have to talk about it later. I'm jumping in here just to is Ron's birthday when he thinks he's got all the bullshit coming to him and he opens that door and Leslie has prepared him a steak dinner and whiskey and old Western movies or whatever the movies were. And Bridge and over he, the river. Why is one, yes. of them, but I don't remember the other one. Yeah, there were, there were a, a stack of movies. He was, he was prepared for the evening and, and we see Ron Swanson shed that little, that little tear. Oh, old, old buddy. For me, I think the most emotional – Ben and Leslie's wedding is definitely one of them. The, the series finale gets me every single time. Um, it's just so perfect. Every character gets the perfect goodbye, the perfect yep. encapsulation of their story and everything. It's just wonderful. It makes me cry. But I think my favorite episode of all time – just if I were to say like this is what the show is – there's an episode called Live Ammo with Bradley Whitford. Um, oh, makes a great guest appearance, and he like plays like not. There's a nice little reference to the West Wing on there, um, but that's a great episode because not only is it hilarious because she adopts like <laughs> all the animals from the animal shelter to save them, <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> but it's just a great like. It's a great transition to be like, okay, you've been talking about ideas and politics in this sort of like i'm gonna make all these changes but like this is the first time she's confronted with like this is what this is you know what mm -hmm. i mean this is what which is it's just so great to me it's excellent writing it's yes it, like i said the, sh the whole show is really funny i think season two gets a lot of seasons one and two get a lot of flack because uh the character Mark Brandanowitz, played yeah, by which is, Schneider, who... Which is crap, because Brandanowitz was one of the better characters in in seasons one and two, in my opinion. But the show wasn't the show yet until yeah. he was gone and the replacements of Ben and Chris, which we have to mention Rob Lowe is Chris, right. by the way. Right. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. Amazing. Like I said, so many funny people, so many funny moments. It was... I knew it was going to be there. And then number one... The most basic answer of all time for our generation is The Office. I'm sorry. There's just no way. I, I, I started watching it when I was a kid with my mom. So I didn't really fully appreciate it and understand it. And then I let it go for a long time. And then it came back to me when I started – after I started working a real job, uh, after I graduated college, and I binged it. And I've basically binge-watched it ever since. I mean – it's I don't know how to describe you. You everyone listening, you know what the office is like. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I love it's so great to me because every single person on that show, every side character, every person, I'm like, 
yeah, I've worked with that person. I know who that person is. I've mm-hmm. seen that person around. Even if I haven't worked with them, I'm like, yeah, I've seen that person at another job or something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've interacted with that person. I know. I worked with the Stanley. I've worked with the Phyllis. I've worked with an Oscar. And, of course, everyone has knows a Michael Scott. Whether you want oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> everyone has had their Michael Scott moments. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, you know, everyone just has that moment when you're like, oh, shit, I'm Michael Scott here, aren't I? Yep. Yeah, and you, like, slowly realize that as you're talking, you just start to just stop talking a little bit. Start to roll it back. I'm going to, oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, does anybody want a coffee? Does anybody want anything? But, yeah. yeah. I don't think, I really don't think you can go wrong with The Office as your one. it's, It's about as solid of a of a TV comedy, you know, that, that there is. And I, I will say something controversial. Well, not controversial. Well, semi-controversial. Um, do you, I'm assuming, uh, Ricky, do you have the office on your list? I do. Okay. Um, I don't like season eight, like most people, okay. but I love season nine. Season nine is one of my favorite seasons of the show. Um, you, even everything that goes, happens with jim and pam i love it i don't like watching it but i think it's very real to me i enjoy it um i think the way they handle aaron and pete is great um spoiler alert yeah (laughs) Uh, well i mean it's it's literally hinted at in like the very first episode of season nine so like what are you gonna do um but it's uh I, how, how, what am I trying to say here? I love how how Jim and Pam are a wonderful couple. They are very true to them, everything. I feel like it's very true to character, everything that happens in season nine. Because um, everyone goes through this crisis at some point where you're like, okay, I've been working here for a long time and I thought I was just happy. But now I, I kind of wanted something more out of life. And when Jim does what he does, sometimes you lose sight of the things you love, including mm-hmm. Pam. I, mm-hmm. I'm on Pam's side, by the way, in season nine. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people take Jim's side, said she was holding back him, him, holding him back from his dreams. And I'm like, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I, I don't even know if, if I'm on a side, but no, the, the, the real life parallels that that show is able to draw for a comedy mind you is absolutely incredible just like you said everybody knows everybody can take every single person in that show every reoccurring character and be like yeah that's this person in my life that's this person in my life and it's so goddamn relatable (laughs) but at the same time so unbelievably funny you know what We'll get to this, I'm sure, um, probably when, when I'm going through it, because spoiler, I have The Office on mine. I can't believe there's people out there who think that The Office isn't funny. Yeah, I, I – um, Oh, oh Dan's raising his hand. Oh, my God, Dan. Well, Not my cup of tea. All right, Ricky, we might have, we're kicking him off. I think that's – Yeah, right. this is <laughs> – This yeah, is – good Parks and Rec talk, Chuck. I yeah so I get quickly it. Quickly turned. Listen, I love Parks and Rec. I don't like to compare it in The Office. I think that's unfair. Um, they're two different shows. They both 
they both have similar tracks too, where first season's very awkward and then it grows so much. And then the end, the last couple seasons, people have varying opinions on, but the finale is amazing. That's, mm-hmm. they both have that sort of narrative. Um, but I don't know. The office is, there's so many funny episodes. I mean, dinner party is just, you, I can't watch that and not laugh. The one where, um, Jane and Michael have Jim and Pam over and <laughs> Andy and Angela over for dinner. I quote that episode all the time. Every time I'm about to take a drink of something, I go like, mm, has a bit of an oaky afterbirth. Um, <laughs> it's too good. It's I can't. It's so funny. I I'll, I'll say my one because I I've been silent for the I'm not one to rain on the parade. The only thing I have to say is I don't enjoy awkward comedy. You know. Okay. People be, like in situations that are uncomfortable and seeing seeing thing. You know, which is trying the character of Michael Scott a little a little bit at least. He's cringy. I'll and, give you that. And, and it, I don't. That's not my cup of tea. Cringe, cringe, awkward humor. I guess it's not. That is not. Don't hear me. Don't hear what I'm not saying. The Office is not that, but it includes much more of that than lots of other TV series. Just mm-hmm. okay. Done. Love. I mean, I think you're wrong, but I mean, it's it's. Um, <laughs> I think you're wrong, but <laughs> see, anything I, that was even objective, <laughs> you can't even like every word was subjective. <laughs> um, but you're still wrong. Remember? <laughs> so, yeah, like wrong. <laughs> but uh, um, no, uh, I get what you're saying. It took me a while to get around of it the first time, but I do think I think once you have some real life experience. And once I've worked with the Michael Scott, literally, I had a Michael Scott like guy as my boss. Only he was worse. (laughs) Um, And so I think maybe that gave me some perspective on Michael Scott. Like, okay, this guy's not as bad as it could be. So maybe, Dan, you just haven't had a boss that you hated like that. And then once you go (laughs) through that, it's like, okay, now I can tolerate Michael Scott. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to re-enter that for entertainment. <laughs> that feels. I'm wrong. not saying you need to. I'm not saying you should look for it, but I'm saying it will. Ha- I mean, saying it once it happens to you. Oh no! I mean, I mean, if I've experienced that, I don't want to come back into that experience again on television for me for me, for it to entertain. But me. it's not. No, thank it's you. Not, it's not like that. It's like I come, came into Michael Scott with a new appreciation, where I was like, okay, I know what he's going through. And I can appreciate what he's trying to do versus having a boss who was also kind of buffoonish, but also clearly didn't have our best interest in his heart necessarily. He just so like when you come back to that realization that like Michael Scott actually cares for his employees, even if he doesn't, there's no idea how to show it properly. There's a there's a love there that um, I appreciate. (laughs) I'll, I'll tell you this. That's a lot for the audience. <laughs> Fine. The episode that made me like understand Michael Scott was Bring Your Daughter to Work Day. He starts off the episode like normal Michael Scott making some cringe comments. But when you realize like why he is the way he is when they have that reveal of him as a kid and like what he wants in life and where he is in life, it kind of feels like, OK, now I know why this guy is the way he is, why he's so desperate to make this 
office his the his friends. You know what I mean? Oh no, I get that. I hundred percent. It is a good show. It's put together well. Like it, it does what it's trying to do. But even for that thirty minute episode, that is a good episode. The first eight to seven to eight to nine minutes or whatever, a percentage of the episode has cringe humor that I don't like. If if, if even if it has humor, a good payoff, I don't. I'm unentertained for a first chunk of the episode. If that makes sense. If cringe humor is a deal breaker, I can totally understand. I've I have heard of people getting like secondhand embarrassment watching The Office. So 100. percent I understand that a bit, and I don't know. I just I find it. I find it to be so perfect, and I was going to save this for when I eventually go over it, but I remember I didn't start watching The Office until I was in college, um, you know, just kind of like on, on Netflix or, or whatever, and I remember being in college watching Netflix and, and coming to learn who Michael Scott is as a character, and I'm like, that's not a real person. There's not people like that. Like, there's no way, and then I started getting out in the real world and working, and I'm like, oh, my God, Michael Scott's a real person. <laughs> like, there are 100 percent people like that. <laughs> right. And I will say and I think once you've had a cringe moment or two of in your real life, you're like, OK, I get I get what. Yeah. Some of them, not not all the time. It's not like Michael Scott's my favorite. I mean, listen, I'm a Pam guy. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> but <laughs> but Yeah. Oh, there's cringe. There's like ton of cringe with Dwight too. I mean, there's there's cringe. No, Dwight. All over the I don't world. know. Dwight doesn't cringe me nearly as much. He's just like, he's just like weird, but not in a cringy way to me. I don't know. He's just so matter of fact. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I must feel cringe more intensely than you guys, and it just it gets to gets to my bones. I feel zero cringe watching that show. I don't know if I'm an anomaly or what, but it doesn't it doesn't strike me the way that it strikes a lot of people. Um, Chuck, do you have anything anything else to uh, say about your top five comedies before we move on over? No, I think we should probably wrap that part yeah. up. Yeah, like, yeah. Get to your list. We got a lot of shows to deep go in this through. episode. It's right. okay, Dan. If you don't mind, I'm gonna go next because I don't think I have a whole lot of conversation to my top five. I feel like I'll be able to kind of get through it pretty quickly here. Um, so without further ado, yeah, sure. Yeah, sorry. You go okay, no, <laughs> no, just wanted to make sure. Um, my top five comedies now. Um, Chuck, you and I share the same number five. I have okay. South Park. Um, even though I have been very outspoken against South Park um, for what I feel are obvious reasons, they really do push the boundaries on a lot of things. But I still have a tremendous amount of like respect for the way they do that show. Like you kind of touch on they they make an entire episode within a week. Everything is, you know, in the news, you know, it's 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 recent events. And that alone is incredible to me because I think. I think that's really where the show um, – I don't want to say shines, but I, I, I think that's why a lot of people like it because you, you hear about something one week, whether it's uh, either politics or you know some celebrity news or whatever the case may be, and then all of a sudden that celebrity is in the next South Park episode or that politician is in the next South Park episode. So their turnaround on these shows is incredible. Um, I, my favorite episode would have to be – I don't even know what it's called, um, but where Randy gets uh, where where they're all put, all the kids are playing Guitar Hero, and yes, Randy actually yes. learns how to play Guitar Hero. Uh, 
Yeah, he plays uh, <laughs> uh, Carry On. He knows how to play Carry On My Wayward Son on the guitar for real. And like, um, they're like, that's yeah. lame. Like, no one cares about that. It's all about I love – I love that Stan's version of getting addicted to heroin is to play the game called yep. Chase the yeah. Dragon. And yep. he's driving the car and, like, stops it and then turns it around in the video game. Oh, my God. My, my favorite moment from that episode is when they're at the little diner outside interviewing the new kid. And the guy goes, oh, can you play, like, Jericho the Fish or whatever? And he stands up and just starts clicking the buttons. Yeah. Just the buttons. There's no other, music. The, there's no music. The people that, at the other table stand up and go, I love this song. Clapping and like, this is awesome. Oh my, all this, oh, it's amazing. All the scenes with Kyle at the bowling alley where he's like, hey man, you're too good to be playing in this bowling alley. <laughs> I mean, some of their movie parodies. You can't, I mean. Oh, well, I was going to touch on um, another one that kind of creeps into, into probably my top three is their uh, the console wars where yeah. they kind of copy off of Game of Thrones where they're at the instead of the Red Wedding, it's Red Robin. Who's getting and, married? Tom Hanks and Beyonce. <laughs> oh, I love them. <laughs> oh, my God. Any it's, any of their multi-parters until I don't know, season 14 or whatever are epic. All of them. Imagination All land. Them. Imagination Land, the one with the the hamsters, like the little guinea pigs, where they take over the world. Yeah. Any multiple ones are. (laughs) That is number two for me, because are they not making fun of, is it The Mist, where Randy's running around with the camera, and it's like like the first person POV, and he's like. Cloverfield. Cloverfield, Cloverfield, yeah. Because Cloverfield Cloverfield. came out around that time. Yeah. And there's also some, like, scar things in there. (laughs) And then he puts the camera on himself. He's like, I am so startled. Oh, my God. (laughs) South Park, it it had to creep into the top five for me just because I've laughed too hard at that show um, to just not be able to include it. Um, Now, my number four, which I know it's not on Chuck's. I have a funny feeling it's not going to be on Dan's. um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's another another cringe-type... comedy they they do it's okay i love andy sandberg too much i think that's my problem here andy sandberg on snl i i i ended up loving everything that that man did and then i followed him to brooklyn 99 i did not like brooklyn 99 at first um but by the time i gave it a second go around um I really got hooked. Now, the supporting cast is not as strong as a Parks and Rec or, you know, uh, The Office. Um, but having um, – oh, my God, his name's Terry Crews um, on there. He's hilarious. Oh. And then um, my favorite – he's on in every episode, but uh, is, Craig Robinson is Doug Judy, the, the the criminal that he just can't seem to, to catch. And then he ends up, like, needing his help. Is it, It's comedy gold for me. Um, but I understand that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is probably not making a lot of people's top five. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, my number three, which... The only thing uh, I'll say is, never seen an episode. It's it's good. It, it's it's good. But uh, I'm afraid that if you don't like The Office, that it, you may not like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I watched That's the first... Good to know. I've watched the first six or seven episodes, and it's just not catching on for me. I, like I said, if I wasn't as big of an Andy Samberg stan that I am, I don't think I would be watching the show. But it to me, it's it's held up. Um, it's it's kept me um, it's kept me hooked. Um, 
But moving on, number three, which, I, Dan, I'm going to be shocked if you have this. A comedy that was only around for one season in the late 90s that launched an insane amount of careers, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of material to go off. I remember being a junior in high school and my film lit teacher literally just would put on freaks and geeks. And that was like our curriculum for that class. We would just watch freaks and geeks and then like star Wars. Um, and I mean, you, you think about all the, all the careers that took off Seth Rogen, um, James Franco. Oh, his name's escaping me. Is it Jason Seagal? Yes. Jason Siegel. I say Seagal. Whatever. Yeah. You said um, one way. Chuck said another way. There's three pronunciations apparently. And then I cannot pronounce her last name. Um, Linda Cardellini. Cardellini, yes. Um, I mean, you're you're talking about four big time careers there, um, as well as uh, a few others. So that it was also created by Paul Feig, who you would know as the director of Bridesmaids, Mm -hmm. and it was written many and directed several um, television episodes, including directed episodes of The Office. Of 30 Rock, of Parks and Rec. Um, he also directed, I don't know if oh, you guys... Oh, you're saying Paul, you're saying Paul, Feig did, Paul Feig did that? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying another person. Like, oh, who's this new person that I've known? <laughs> well, and but was, <laughs> the show was executive produced by Judd Apatow. Who, of yes, course, that's went right, that's make, right, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Anchorman uh, and a thousand things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's... Uh, Big one is um, not is uh, knocked up. Yeah, knocked. Anchor man and super bad. Uh, that's probably my favorite of all those. To be honest, super bad pro- is one of I love super bad. He produced super bad. He directed forty year old virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah guys, that sounds awesome. Did you guys see his new movie with uh, Pete Davidson? Um, oh, King of Staten, Staten Island. Island. That was pretty good. I enjoyed so that. I- I started I watching yet. it. I, I started watching it the other day, and then my internet, their HBO Max, decided to stop work like a quarter of the way through the movie. <laughs> so I got to finish it. But I liked what I saw so far. Pete Davidson's got a future in acting. I was very nervous. He he did like his own. I, I don't know if it was like an independent film, but it was like a Hulu film. Um. Oh my God, it's escaping me. But it was basically like about his life growing up, and he played the bad influence friend for himself. Like another kid played him when he was younger and he played mm. the bad influence friend for himself. The movie's escaping me. Um, a big time. Adolescence. Adolesc- yes. Big time adolescence. It just came back to me. So Pete Davidson's got a career in acting. He's, he's pretty good. Um, so yeah, Judd Apatow's newest movie, Kings of Staten Island. I was a big, big fan. Um, now I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. Sort of. I'm switching my number two and my number one. Now my number okay. My number one was The Office. That is now my new number two. I don't think we need to go into any more conversation about The Office. Please um, don't make me. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, nothing else needs to be said about it. Um, my number, my new number one, and I'm mad that I didn't put this at number one it, originally. I don't know why I didn't because this is by far my favorite show, my favorite comedy. Um, that '70s show. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I figured that was going to be making yeah. an appearance on your list. That 70s show, I don't know. I didn't start watching it until they were already done making episodes. So I, I was in high school. I, I remember, like, coming back from high school as, like, a, 
a junior or senior whenever like I got out probably like as a senior when I would get out before like the rest of the school, we had like early release. So I could like skip ninth period and coming home. And it was like always on, I want to see it was like TBS always had it on from like two to 4 PM, like every single weekday. And I just, it was a regular on FX as well. Oh, it it, it might've been FX. Um, Watching all the way through and God, I just, the, the characters are so perfect. I mean, Topher Grace is Eric. Talk about perfect casting, you know, scrawny, awkward, little like nerdy kid, um, you know, falls in love with the girl next door who's way out of his league. Um, freaking hilarious. His parents, Kitty, um, Red Foreman. I feel like everybody knows a Kitty and Red Foreman, like a, like a like a friend's parents or, or like your own parents, whatever the case may be. Everybody knows an older couple, married couple like that. Um, Ashton Kutcher as Kelso, I, I, it's crazy because he couldn't be playing a more different character than him, like himself in real life. Like Ashton Kutcher in real life is, is like, you know, comes off as like the smart, intelligent, you know, very caring. Um, and then he just plays this absolute doofus. Um, I won't go through, you know, all the characters because unfortunately there's some controversy, following one of my favorite characters on the show in Mr. recent H-Y-D-E. months. Yeah, unfortunately. Turns out to be a little bit of a, a POS, but, you know, um, there's smoke sessions. Hey, hey, that's the man, not the character. You can <laughs> love the character. They, okay, so if you can separate the actor from the character, then then, then kudos. We don't need um, to discuss, but... He's hilarious. Yeah, the the, the character's perfect. Uh, you know the the typical um, uh, paranoid. You know I don't trust the government. You know like kid in high school. Um, and their their smoke circles, man. Like I wanted nothing more. And it, full disclosure, no drugs included, um, for legal purposes. But I wanted nothing more than to hang hang out in Foreman's basement. Like, that is all I wanted. I I just remember being, like, I I remember trying to turn one of my friend's basements into, like, a foreman's basement-type hangout. Like, oh, we're always going to be here. We're just going to walk in. Um, But, yeah. As a a person that has spent time in a a foreman's basement, unlike the two (laughs) of you, um, it's not as funny. We think we are, but it's, it's not as funny. In the moment, maybe, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you think about the 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 careers that that show launched as well. You know, with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, and how cool it is that they actually end up together in real life. Um, however many years after the show started filming, um, yeah, that Mila Kunis more. is like fifteen or something, right? When yeah. she started, yeah. Was she like was real young. Have you heard she lied about her age in the audition? Oh, I and she signed that. the after she signed the contract. She said, uh, "I need a, like a tutor." And they were like, "Why do you need a tutor?" Oh, because I'm not 18. <laughs> yeah. She was 15. She was 15 when she started that 70 show. See, I said 15 because I thought it wasn't quite as young as it was, but apparently, yikes. Yeah, it's, that's uh. I did not know that. That, but thinking about it, she is super young in that first season, so um, it, it doesn't shock me now. Similar to The Office, the later seasons um, kind of struggle a bit. I know Topher Grace 
left uh, to pursue what I believe was Spider-Man 3. I could have that wrong, but he left um, the last couple seasons to shoot Spider-Man 3. He played, um, I don't remember his actual character name, but ended up being Venom. Venom. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. Yes. Photo And they bring in, um, I believe his name was Josh Myers, which I didn't realize. That's Seth Myers' brother. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they look super like, I don't remember his character in the show. That's how little I cared for him. Um, I'm just like, you're not Eric. Now you no. can't be with Donna. But um, no, I, I had to put that 70 show as my number one. It, it, the rewatchability is too good. It's too funny. And um, and ended up flip-flopping it with The Office just to, just to be a little different. So that, I really feels, have, that feels right. Yeah. I, I it, No offense, Chuck, but I, I, I don't think I could have I, – I, after talking about The Office with you, I was like, I think I like that semi show a little bit more. So it's all right. You know, in time, it'll rise back to its rightful place. And, <laughs> uh, you'll realize your mistake. It's fine. Now, um, I, as you can they see, didn't, they didn't buy that 70s show for four hundred billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Parks and Rec in here because I have not watched through it all. Um, which I need to, I know all my friends love Parks and Rec, a lot of whom, or a lot of my friends like it more than The Office. So that is on my list. So whenever I am getting through with that, maybe we'll revisit this and I can put it in the top five somewhere because I'm sure it'll end up there. All righty. Um, all right. This one thing got... I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say one thing about that 70s show. Uh, yeah. I liked it the first time I watched it, but when I go back and watch it, it doesn't hold up as much to me. The jokes oh, aren't as funny man. to me. Um, I will I'm say the you, funniest Ricky. thing, the funniest thing about the funniest moment from that show to me is when um, they think Do- Donna thinks Eric's cheating on him. So she confronts him with the panties that she found in the station wagon. <laughs> and it turns out to be midges. And they all bow. Ashton Kutcher's character bowed down. They're like, Eric, you are a god. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know how I forgot about that. I think my favorite is when I think it's um Eric gives Fez, or it's either Eric or Kelso, give Fez their, their collection of Playboys. I think it's Eric. I think Donna like didn't like that he had like the Playboy magazines. Yeah. And under- Fez just like I mean, like, it becomes like a drug addiction. They, like, <laughs> check in on him, and he's, like, barely conscious. And they're like, Fez, what's going on? And he just, like, looks. He's like, it's the bunnies, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, half awake. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I Chuck, I'm I'm sorry that that, that show doesn't hold up um, as well for you. But I, I'm pretty sure I could watch that show every day for the rest of my life and not get bored of it. So I pretty much have been doing that already. My final comments are, we're all all right. Yes. All uh, right. Yeah, great theme, theme song. Van yeah. Halen. I, I thought know. it was Cheap Trick. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. I it think it's Cheap Trick. trick. That, Alrighty. that adds to the show. Uh, this worked out for me, uh, kind of. My number one got stolen. I mean, not Is stolen, that the only one that got stolen? It is. Oh, it's going to be good. And now this isn't – it wasn't my number six, but I'm, now it's five because one's gone. I'm doing a little mini thing here. And just briefly, as a child, 
My family's obsessed. I the, the golden years were the golden years. It will be remiss if this show was not mentioned in this category. I adore the Simpsons. They are they they have to be here. They must be mentioned in this episode. They started everything we've talked about. Yeah, they are unbelievable. Seasons three through eleven are perfection. They're amazing. It's lost its luster. I know. That's why it's here and should be higher. It must be mentioned. Just give me brief thoughts on The Simpsons from you guys. I love everything about it. I could I could go for days, but I'm not because it didn't actually make my list. It just deserves a shout out. One thing I'll say about The Simpsons is I was not a um, Simpsons watcher. Um, I mean, I've watched The Simpsons, obviously, but I think when I started getting into, like, I guess you can call it, like, the adult cartoon genre, um, I was a Family Guy man, and they were, like, they were on the same network. They were both on Fox. However, The Simpsons movie is top-notch comedy. Um, so if... If the show itself was is on par with that movie, I'm sure I would love it. I'll probably go back and watch some of it, but I loved the Simpsons movie. I bet Chuck's going to know what I'm about to say a little bit because he follows similar other bigger YouTube channels than I might have seen this. They rip on the best of the Simpsons episodes in the Simpsons movie. The Simpsons movie is created from the best Simpsons oh, episodes man. and just done not as well to some degree. They, there's there's other things thrown in that you know, they are what it is, but – the seasons I'm talking about, and there's more. There are wonderful episodes from later seasons, of course. It's still funny, but there's a magical time of 10 years or so where The Simpsons just put out only perfection. Sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. Um, my only experience with The Simpsons is the movie and one episode. That's all I've seen of The Simpsons. So, <laughs> it, um. Conan O'Brien wrote for it. Oh, I, I could go. I'm the just, I gotta the guy who created I'm... The Simpsons created Futurama. Yes. So part mm. of me says I should like it. But um, I remember seeing the movie because um, it was either that or continuing to watch the movie Hairspray with my sister. So I left the theater <laughs> and went and watched The Simpsons movie instead. <laughs> I enjoyed it a bit. I liked it. But I don't remember having a lasting impression on me. And then I recently watched another episode, a uh, random episode, because it was recommended. Like, this is a good, like, Taste of the Simpsons. Uh, Dan, you might know the name of the episode, but it's where uh, Marge's sister falls in love with Troy McClure. Oh, uh, yes. He does um, his Planet of the a, Apes musical. A fish, a fish called Marge. A fish called Oh, the, 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 the fish called Selma. A fish called Selma is the name uh, of the yeah. episode. Yeah. I love the musical that they put on in the show. Uh, but I, I liked it. But Hello, my name is True McClure. You might remember me from such things as boner dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, R.I.P. Phil Hartman. So, yes. It, I'll stop with that now because I could. The Simpsons needed to be mentioned in the top five TV shows. They had yeah. to. Be. They had to be. Um, number four, which is now number four, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys and explain it to you real quick. I don't know if you – I bet neither of you have heard of it, and I don't know if anybody listening has ever heard of it. It's called Taskmaster. It is a British panel show that is now on YouTube, but it's on BBC, obviously, and it's on Channel 4. It is essentially a five comedians come, and there are two hosts, 
and they I have know them what, perform tasks. I know what and, this is. And they are ludicrous tasks, hilarious tasks, and you have them do them in certain orders and different things, and it's hysterical. I love it so much. I think seasons one through six or seven are now on YouTube that you can watch, and season two is my favorite because some of the people I love on it like John Richardson, Joe – oh. Oh, what's Joe's last name? I forget Joe's last name, but I love Joe. He's a bearded man. Joe and, guy. And they, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe Wilkinson. It's John Richardson and Joe Wilkinson, and then multiple other. I think uh, Catherine Ryan is on that that season. They they're they're wonderful, and they're just perform the skits and do the tasks in hilarious manners. I I recommend it to everyone. Chuck, you would lo- I know Chuck would love it, and Ricky, I'm deadly certain you would love it as well. Uh, that was your number four. It was tech. It started as number five, but Parks and Rec's gone. We're not going about. Uh, we went on enough about Parks and Rec. Oh, so you took Simpsons. Parks and Rec off. Everything yeah, got bumped up. Yes, I threw the Simpsons oh, in because okay. they needed to be shouted out, and now they're like my number five. Okay, you got know, it, type, got type got of thing. I've seen clips of Taskmaster with Greg Davies. I yes, believe it's, as, it's, Deg, it's Greg Davies and Alex Horn are the two hosts. Yeah, are as um, the Taskmasters. Yes. Uh, if you haven't watched clips of Greg Davies, by the way, on the Graham Norton show, you can go ahead and Google that. Give yourself a quick <laughs> laugh about 10 minutes. Some of his stories are yes. the most funniest stories you'll ever hear in your life. Um, but yeah, the I know Master is just that it's great. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Number now three was for, I think you guys have seen this. I know I recommended it to you during school and I think we watched a little bit, uh, community. I love community. Joel McHale created by Dan Harmon, who then spoiler, not, no, uh, I, Donald launched Donald Glover. He was doing all kinds of, he was darn, he then became Charles Gambino towards the end and left the show. Uh, just the, the world they created. I mean, Allison Bree, they, there are many people in that show that you would want to see. Oh, uh, I, I'll remember his name later. Oh Lord, I'm blanking on his name. It doesn't matter. Uh, they are, it's a wonderful show. And what are you, what is your two, both, uh, experience with community? It's like, for me, been that one show that I know I, I pair it up with 30 rock. Like I know I need to watch it and I don't know what's stopping me from watching it. So maybe this is what it's going to take for me to finally dive into it. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I think I've seen like a few of the pilot up the few a few episodes here and there randomly. I can't remember at one point I was watching, I might've been watching it sem- not semi-regularly. Um, and obviously it's where the Russo brothers got their start. So yes. probably should watch some of it, but <laughs> um, yeah. And of course I've seen some of the memes and the gifts on Twitter, mm-hmm. but that's basically my, and I knew Donald Glover was on it. Um, but I couldn't remember. Ken mm. Jong, yeah. Yes. And I knew uh, I've I'd seen Donald Glover stand up before though. I saw Community. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. I, this might just be Dan's recommend recommendation, you know, <laughs> uh, but that stack of that is wonderful. I'm fine with that. Uh, number where is it? Three. Now number two. Same creator as Community. I am dumbfounded how this did not make either of your lists rick and morty guys rick and morty is chuck what's that face 
it's all right. I like some episodes, but it's not. It's just not my thing all the time. Sometimes it's great. You love sci-fi. Yeah, and I watched it through the first time, and I really liked it. And then I watched it through again. I was like, eh, it doesn't really hit the same. Oh, see, and that, this is like the opposite. Because to me, Rick and Morty is the opposite of like the cringe humor type of stuff. It's the – it keeps going on and on. Not Because not, cringe humor, I think a little bit, is like the silence and the awkwardness and the, and the not budging. Where Rick and Morty is the opposite. It like fills the space with words. It, it just keeps going and doesn't stop. And I I love it. And then just the, the the dynamic between obviously Rick and Morty and just the crazy side characters and Justin Roiland's voice. I, I must just like everything he says. <laughs> is just funny to me. The way he says it's just funny. Like the uh, intergalactic or interdimensional television episodes and, and the bottle episodes like that, just which harkens back to the community bottle episode. Start with the bottle episode. You you two watch Google community bottle episode and see if you can watch it it's hilarious <laughs> um but there's rick and morty can do nothing and be hilarious at the same time which i know offices falls into that but i i love the how creative and nonsensical nonsensical it can be while still being in completely followable narrative awesome yeah. Um listen, I uh listen, I love when Rick and Morty was serious. I love the season two finale. I love the uh episode with all the different Ricks and Mortys on like the Rick and Morty Council. You know what I'm talking about? The uh Yes. The episode like, in season three. Um because I like when they're like confronting Rick, not act like when Rick Rick pretends to care, and then like I like when they actually confront and force him to show that he is he does care. But um, eh, I, the jokes I, just don't land that, that I am hard for sensing me. Sensing a a theme with Chuck here, <laughs> he t- he talked about how when the when the Office episodes wrapped not wrapped up but you know came to their emotional payoff he loved he loved them he loves and then that's the portion that he likes about rick and morty too where i was talking about how the 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 parts setting it up bothered me rick and morty doesn't have those but you know it just is, is continuously moving i am sensing a difference in our tv watching experiences <laughs> a that, clear that, distinction you know, if you will yes yeah chuck is looking for the payoff and the and the, and the end result of things and i'm just i'm along for the ride with my little 30 minute comedies well so do you think it's more of a um and god i hate to admit this i've never watched rick and morty um okay so chuck is it worth a watch at least yeah i mean like listen i think I am not going to say it's a I'm not saying it's a bad show. I like Rick and Morty. I just don't think it's top five for me. I definitely would recommend watching it, though. My only experience with Rick and Morty is a YouTube video, which I actually believe is made by a fan that just happens to be able to impersonate both characters. But have you guys ever seen the YouTube video where they're in the court, the the, the courtroom and um, Morty uh, Morty's the younger one, right? Yes, he's a little boy. Morty plays the judge, and Rick's under trial. Have you seen that video that I'm talking about? Yeah, it's not. 
maybe the video you're watching is fan made, but that came out from Comedy Central. That is a Rick and Morty canon thing. Where he's he's in trial for like killing his uh, Rick's uh, under in trial for killing his prison doctor or something like that. And it's like a mm-hmm. 10 minute video. And honestly, it's hilarious. Like I, yes. I crack up every time I listen to it. However, um, I have there's some people in my life um, who I know really, really enjoy Rick and Morty who have been bugging me to watch rick and morty and because it's being recommended by these specific people it makes me not want to watch rick and morty um so dan maybe now that you have suggested it to me um it pretty much your top five is just these shows that i need to go watch Uh, that's basically what i'm taking away from this i'm so curious to what your new number one is because i can almost promise you i probably haven't seen it well my top two were supposed to be chalk so the fact that this show hasn't been mentioned as well is, again, oh, no. abysmal, abysmal on your two parts. <laughs> What's wrong with you two? Oh, no. It's Seinfeld, guys. Okay. Seinfeld okay. is – Parks and Rec hits me like with Chuck. Emo- it changes me. Seinfeld is hilarious start to finish. The four of the most iconic characters in the history of television. Well, I guess Jerry Seinfeld's a character and a person. He's just him. But the th- Kramer, George Elaine, Julie Louis Dreyfus is one of the most underappreciated actresses in the history of Hollywood. Yep. She I only agree. puts out consistently great content. Even her worst show that I, I mean, she's done a little bit other things, but her worst show that she led and was the main part of and had creative thought in is the the New Adventures of uh, Old Christine. Which went for like five seasons and is pretty funny. I like that show. I mean, Veep is unbelievable. She is great. Michael Richards did what Michael Richards did and shouldn't have done that, but is hilarious as Kramer. Kramer is just iconic. All balls to the wall, just amazing. And George, obviously, is Larry David. Curb came from that to some degree. Uh, You talk about quotes. You talk about rattling off episodes and, and knowing what. For one day, just this day, I was a marine biologist. <laughs> I mean, it, it never stops. Cosmo, your name's Cosmo. I could go for days. Please tell me this, this is not off the wall for you two. No, absolutely not. I, I've watched Seinfeld. I knew it was going to be in somebody's top five. Um, I didn't include it in mine just because I haven't done a as deep of a dive into it as you have. But I've watched it. I appreciate it. I to- I recognize it as probably the best TV comedy of all time. Like I, I would say it's it's certainly top three. I think it's probably number one. So um, I have no issues with that making your list. I don't have a problem with it making your list. Um, I understand why people like it. Eh, I'm I'm eh on it. I don't Ooh. think it's that great. Chuck and Chuck and I are <laughs> the opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops! Knocked the knock thing off the wall. Uh, that's how much Chuck's take on Seinfeld bothers me. The, oh Chuck, I'm shocked, shocked by that too. I like. I don't know what to tell you. I've watched a couple episodes. Um, I've watched. It's like I watched the Soup Nazi episode, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be like an all timer. I don't remember it at all, but I know that I've watched it. So that just tells me, yeah, it's not that 
funny to me. You can't, you can't just that. That's ridiculous, Chuck. <laughs> no, I, I watched the episode they told me to watch. I didn't like because I don't know who anybody is. Like, it's like no, I don't. Season. I knew who they were because Seinfeld's reputation precedes it. I know what the basic elements of the characters are. It's just I don't like them. They're supposed it's, to be jerks. They're jerks. <laughs> that's just I, not that funny to me. Oh, it, jerks can only be funny to me in certain scenarios. Like I like Cartman being funny as a jerk because a he's a kid and there's just something funny about that <laughs> environment. And B it works because I know Kyle and Stan are there for me to actually relate to. Bender works because I have Ryan, Leela, and um, all the other people to relate to. Seinfeld, I've just got nothing. I just got a bunch of jerks who are being jerky. I, no, I, that is no. a weird perception. Yeah. I and I think that's because you haven't watched it enough. I, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna actually no. I am gonna say you're wrong because you yeah, said yeah. Dan was wrong. You're wrong on this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was calling. I was exactly about to call back to Chuck said mostly subjective things there. You're just dead wrong. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just just wrong. Um. <laughs> We need yeah. to move on. Yeah, I what I need for the do. sake of conversation, Chuck, I, well, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end the comedy uh, top five by saying this, Chuck. You need to give Seinfeld another shot. Um, second thing, last thing, can I just say, thank God, none of uh, you two didn't put Friends in your top yeah. five. I would have hung up. I I wouldn't have been able to finish the show. That would have ruined my not even just my week, the rest of my month. I would so you, what so you're saying that. is it's not it's not it would have been not your day not your week not your month not your year. Oh okay I, I okay yeah pretty I, much I, I don't I like didn't even friends. get that reference yay. Uh yeah I've seen I watched Friends all the way through once and I did not it a, just to say I did it. I'm never gonna watch that show again. Don't yeah I don't understand the cult following that that show has to each their own I guess. There's um, another show that almost made my top five that would have that I would have preferred, and that's how I met your mother. Yeah, a little bit shocked, and I was a little bit shocked that that wasn't in there. I was stunned that Seinfeld hadn't made it yet. So Dan, thank you for including that. Um, Please. Any yeah. other surprises you guys? I I'm a little shocked that nobody had Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, Seinfeld. Um, I can't. And know. Thirty Rock. I I I thought that those two were going to make an appearance. I watched 30 Rock when I was a kid, and I remember liking it when I watched it, but I've never gone back to watch it. It so, is yeah. not rewatchable at all. I, it's really? It's funny. You go through – it's too dry, but not overtly dry. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just like, Alec Baldwin. That's what it sounds like. It's, it's, it's good. It's well written. That's what the 30 Rock is. Okay. That's, I think, all it really has for it. There's another comedy that I cannot remember the name of, and it's going to irritate me, that I watched um, on Netflix with, um, oh, my gosh, Jason. um, No, guy from Ozark. Oh, Jason. Yeah. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. I have watched Arrested Development. I thought that maybe that was going to come in somebody's top five. I love Arrested Development, but I haven't watched it in a long time, so I don't know if the jokes hold up as much. I might have to give that the old rewatch. But, I mean, I st- I always remember the episode where he's like, 
there's always money in the banana stand. Banana I won't stand. say what happens, <laughs> but yeah, that episode is funny. Well, there's, there's something about a show when the line every single person knows happens to be the same line. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna make a lot of top fives, that in my opinion. Like, like it's it remembers the banana stand. I don't remember a whole lot else, and I watched yeah, plenty of the show. You know, that's a good point. Um, well, I'm, just I have time- a, I have a couple like. Real quick ones. I'm just gonna say them. Tell Go me if it. you agree that they agree, like should be honorably mentioned. Archer and Bob's Burgers, both of John H. John Benjamin stuff, need mentioned. The League, the fantasy football comedy show, is hilarious. And The Good Place, the the follow up from Michael Schur from Parks and Rec. Love all those shows. Didn't make top five though. I've never seen Archer. I love Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever laughed harder at a TV show than the episode where Tina's learning how to drive in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And she just slowly what she what slowly runs into the car or something like that. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember losing um, my shit watching that episode. But I've not watched The Good Place, so maybe that's something that I need to get to as well. Very good. I've seen Archer. It it also loses its staying power to me on rewatch. Like the pilot, the first episodes might be the funniest episode of the entire show. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's up there. Um, I haven't seen Bob's Burgers, and then I watched the first two seasons of The Good Place. Um, and I liked it, but I need to finish it, I guess. Um, it's worth finishing. It's worth finishing. My other honorable mention, besides How I Met Your Mother, is What We Do in the Shadows. Again. I just want to plug. Mm-hmm. Everybody should watch that. Yeah, I need to do that one. Yep. I've tried it and then liked it and then forgot, and I need to get back. I don't think I have any honorable mentions. Um, I think if I was going to include one, um, uh, just for the sake of not repeating SpongeBob, I think if I had to put like a kid cartoon in there, like something I watched growing up, probably Jimmy Neutron, just yes. because of Carl Weezer. Um, Carl Weezer is one of my favorite characters in TV show history. Can't you see? This is tearing us all apart. <laughs> he, he's in up. love with Jimmy's mom. He loves llamas. It's it's too perfect. Um, so that would be my only honorable mention um, that, that kind of comes to mind. But um, we spent a long time talking about yeah. comedies are we cool with saving the dramas for maybe next episode just yeah. so we can get to wandavision or some trivia in wandavision here yeah, yeah I, think well, I think we, we have to, to. Yeah. okay um dan do you want to take us right into some trivia i know you said you got some good questions for us yep. today i got five for you and i figured out what this game is now okay. this is not ricky versus chuck in trivia this is ricky and chuck versus dan i figured oh, that boy. out that this is this is now uh, can I beat you two versus versus who can who can do that? I've, oh I've no! Seen the discussion. Okay. Number one, major productions because there have been this this character has been iterated a thousand times in lore. It's Marvel here. Name all four major Hulk actors played Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, in a major production. I only okay. know two. It's Eric Bana. Damn it. Edward Norton. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo. And Lou Ferrigno. Correct. 
Amazing. Rick, Ricky's not I only knew Edward Norton and Ruffalo. <laughs> Thank God. Can't ask, don't try me on my Marvel TV and <laughs> yeah. movies, bro. Don't try me on that ish. I got you. There is a, a clear wink, uh, weak link in this duo, and it's me, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chuck's, Chuck's no, Ricky, you're, you've, but you've got me in probably areas that I'm weak on. So I think oh, we you, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll just see about that. Ricky, you're a gap filler. You fill gaps. That's true. You, you plug up the hole. You're like a defensive tackle <laughs> that plugs the hole for the run so the linebacker Chuck can just stream in the running back. Now what story uh, of my life? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be – you're J.J. Watt taking on defender so that Miles Garrett can get to the quarterback. Uh, oh, 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 God. I hope you're speaking this into existence. <laughs> yeah. hope he comes to the Colts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I won't even comment on that topic. Uh, okay, now I'm I'm, not, I'm saving that one. Okay, we're gonna go here. I think it's the second easiest. Release date of Batman Returns. Release date, not date, year. Christ, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. Oh, um, uh, ni- 1992. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That oh, one was supposed to be pretty easy. Batman listen. 89. Batman. Yeah. So you knew you had a rough knowledge there. Um, okay. Here we go. And where's that meme? You know, the guy with the point the finger to his head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Name the actor. I have movies. I'm going to go. I, bless you. Bless you, Chuck. All right. I'm going to start with two. I have four total. See where we need to go for you to get it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Amistad. I've never heard of the second movie. Amistad. That's the uh, one with Matthew McConaughey where he's like the lawyer arguing about. Is that what you're talking about? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> okay. Are you thinking of the Lincoln? Oh, wait, I'm not telling you. I'm not going like, to describe the movies to you. Got two more movies if you need. Kurt Russell. No. I have no idea. Okay. Amistad. Movie number. Uh, give, give me movie number three. Movie yeah. number three. Gladiator. Okay. Um, it's an actor. Oh, Dijman Hunsu. I can't remember his how to. I don't know how to say his last name. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the guy. Remember when he's Star Lord's like, I'm Star Lord, and he's like, who? Oh, okay, okay. Is is that the correct answer? Because that's what I'm going to go with. Movie number four, Blood Diamond. The answer is correct. Dijman Hunsu. He's in Gladiator. He's one of the slaves that Russell Crowe helps. And in Amistad, I'm assuming he's one of the slaves in the he's, ship. He's isn't the it, guy. He's the yeah. guy in Amistad. Yes. It, it's a slave ship or something that gets – it's it's a le- famous legal case in Supreme Court history, I believe. Yes. That's what yeah, the Amistad is about. Similar-ish to 12 Man the Slave, not nearly as dramatic where he's like taken from somewhere. He like comes off a ship and is supposed to have some sort of like actual rights and is then – Immediately put into like full blown slavery, and then there's a court trial about it. Um, I got to at least number three. Then you didn't get on on one and two. Um, I think Chuck's gonna get the one that's still. I need to go. I might even go harder after this. But number four, name Kevin Costner's big three baseball movies. Um, Field of Dreams. Um, Old Durham. And 
There's a more modern one I can't think of. Draft day. No, that's football. football. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I know. Neither Chuck or I got your bit. Sorry, Trey. Sorry, Ricky. <laughs> it's, <laughs> old Durham, it's a bull Durham. You think it's a modern one? Field of Dreams. No, no, there's another one. Uh, bull Durham, there's a – no. No, it's an older one now that I'm it's thinking nice. about it. It's not a league I of their ha- own. I, I have no. a hint. It is a quote from the line – from the movie, from the line. Yes, it is a line from the movie if you need it. That's the uh, line, yeah. or you're asking us if we need the line. If, if we, we need the line, line if you need a, I have one. It will be half point. If it's if it's not modern, I'm not going to be much help here. I mean, obviously, I've seen Field of Dreams. Um, um, it's Kevin Costner. It's not modern. Come on, yeah, guys. it's not modern. <laughs> um, I was wrong. It's from. I can't remember the name of the movie. I can picture it, but I can't remember it. Uh, give, give me the, the quote. The quote, I hope this helps. I don't know if it will. Clear the mechanism. That's doing zero for me. Yeah, I got nothing. What is it? For the love of the game. For the love of the game. He's he's a pitcher in the major leagues. He has it's a half a romantic baseball movie, but he clears the mechanism. And it's kinda like uh the greatest game ever played where the uh the stadium disappears slowly around him as he's getting ready, and it's just him and the batter, and it's it's a, it's a cool scene. No, I feel like the, that's as much of a baseball movie as Fever Pitch, starring Jimmy Fallon. No, 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 no. It's much more of a baseball okay. movie. Than okay. Fever. Oh no, no. I mean, he, he's the pitcher for the team. Like there are baseball scenes. It's no Fever it's, Pitch is no best um best baseball. Movie pitcher of all time, off top of your head, go. Movie pitcher. Movie pitcher. Henry I mean, Brown Gardner. Ooh, I was gonna say Dennis Quaid in the rookie, but he's based on a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna go wild thing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wild thing. He, he I'm in. a Yankee. Okay. Like I love my closers, Mo. Yeah. Dude's a wild, wild thing. Man, I'm. I mean, Rowan Garden was unhittable, except for that one dude with the big tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's the actor that plays the the assistant coach? The, the guy guy from um, oh. Home Alone. Oh, he's hilarious. Like he, is he which who's who is he in Home Alone? He's, he's, one of the, he's the guy with he's uh, with Joe Pesci. Uh, Mars, yeah. The burglars. Oh, oh my. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, my Lord. Oh, he's but he's hilarious in that movie. He is so freaking funny. Dan, Daniel something. Daniel Shul or Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. Oh. Yes. Is my name. And then <laughs> obviously uh, Gary Busey, um, top notch performance, robbed of an Oscar that year, if you ask me. OK, number five. This is the hardest. I have the actor if you need the actor. I'm going to start with the screenwriter and the score composer. Then I have director. Then I have main cast member. Name the movie. We're going to start with the screenwriters are Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemke. The score is Michael Giacchino. 
Moving to director. Uh, it was Brad Bird. Okay. Um, is it the Iron Giant? No. Okay. Is it The Incredibles? No, you're just going through Michael Giacchino's stream. Oh, Brad Bird did correct both of them, didn't he? I'm going through Brad, think, Bird's, yeah. Brad Bird's filmography. All right? Yes. Uh, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Can we backtrack? So you gave us the composer and the director. And who else did you give us? The screenwriter. screenwriter. Who's the but screenwriter? Josh Applebaum and Andrew. Oh, Josh Applebaum is the main writer. And then Andre Nemchi is an okay. assistant. Josh Applebaum has written things. I'll admit he's the smallest name, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know Brad Bird's other live action movies. So, is is it live action or animated? Can you give us that? Live action, I guess. Because he, do, yes. you mean, he did Iron Giant, like, it, it, Incredibles, I mean, I Incredibles too. I guess giving you the answer is what I was guessing, not the answer itself. Ratatouille. Oh, that's that is that's animated. Um, okay do you want the main star it sounds like you need the main star tom cruise mission impossible i mean you can't just say mission impossible but i don't remember which one he did wait wait hold on did he do a mission impossible movie because i used to tom cruise that said mission impossible um if he did, it's got to be like Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol or something. Because Christopher ding, McQuarrie. Ding, 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 ding. Good yeah, job, Chuck. Yeah, because Christopher McQuarrie yep. has done five and six and is yes. doing seven. Mission um, Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. And three was J.J. Abrams. Yes, I it believe. was. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen those. The only Mission oh. Impossible movie I've seen is the first one. They're good. Joel, two is terrible. Two is awful. I've heard two and three are basically hit or miss. And then four, five, and six are like, bro, you got to watch them. I'm excited yes. about the new one. 100%. They go to space, right? They, yeah. Yeah. Or is that fast? They're both going to no, space. No, that, think, no. Yeah, that's too fast and furious movie where they go to space. Well, that's that's the ultimate jump the shark moment. Once you go to space, you don't come back. Mission Impossible is too good to go to space. Now that I think about it, they're no, they've got no, plenty Tom of stories to tell. Tom Cruise said he wants to do it, so yeah, but then Tom Cruise will do it. anything. He'll watch the Fast and Furious movies, do it, and then he'll be like, "I'll do it better," and then do that. Yeah, yeah. and he'll and do a hundred percent of his own stunts too. He's a madman. Yeah, especially uh, if you can wear your mask at social distance, as the video that leaks last year. Oh, that was juicy when that came out. That was – how do you guys feel about that? I can't blame the guy, honestly. If you think about the point he's making, that, like, listen, we are basically – I mean, I think he little grandiose to say, like, all other movies are watching what we're doing. But, yeah. like – to be like listen we literally cannot afford to get shut down we have to do this you have to maintain your distance i don't want to see we can't let loose i get it like Mm -hmm. and that's a hard it's a hard boss and like yeah no one likes to get yelled at at work but if you're messing up you gotta someone's gotta crack down you know if if he was genuine and saying like you know there are people who have lost their jobs we are literally keeping people employed by getting this movie out on time then 
then that's the case. I don't know what Tom Cruise is like as an actual person. I don't know if that was genuine or not. So I was like, eh, does he really mean what he's saying here? But um, he made good points. I mean, oh, but he it was a meltdown. He thinks he means it. like he he believes everything he said. Okay. You know, but everybody's looking at us. They're counting us. I mean, how many people work on the movie? Five five hundred is a fair thought process. I mean, and there are could... millions of either fifteen hundred people work on it or whatever, and then there are millions of people. Hollywood's counting us. All these things are counting. It's a bit pretentious. It's a bit pretentious, but I think he believes all the things he's saying, <laughs> and you know, kind-hearted in what he's he thinks he's doing something amazing. And, and I will say, you know, most of the actors that work with him have nothing but nice things to say with yes. him. Like even like, um, I was talking about the Graham Norton show earlier. Graham Norton was talking about like when he comes in, he set he shakes everybody's hands, the production, yeah. every like behind the scenes. Yeah. And James Corden actually, I just watched a video of him telling the story of how he got Tom Cruise's number. Tom Cruise like asked him to introduce him for some like award out in a show or something. So he did that. And then afterwards, Tom Cruise was like, I'll, I'm going to call you and we'll work on – they were talking about something. And he was like, I don't have your number. And he's like, I'll get you my number. And he's like – you know, James Corden's like, listen, I've heard this song and dance before. Everyone says they're going to mm-hmm. get me your number or whatever. And then um, – so he goes back and then at some point he's at his office and they're like, you have a call in like co- the conference room or something. And he goes in there and there's like a package. And he opens it up, and it's like the cake has all these symbols, and he, the, there's a message, and it literally says the message – the symbols on this will lead to a phone number. You ha- you have to figure it out. And this message will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> and he figured out, and he called the number, and he was like, hello, is this Tom Cruise? And Tom Cruise says, is this James Corden? He said, yeah, and he's like, now nah, you have my number. Oh my god. Which is wild. Like I, I did a bad job explaining. I look I encourage you to look it up on YouTube and just listen to the story. Especially if you like talk show stories and stuff, which there's a part of me in the back of my head that goes like, I wonder if all these talk show stories are made up. I wonder if someone's taking these <laughs> stories from other people. Cause I but um yeah they have writers on that show yeah (laughs) but i hope that's true with every bone in my body i'm praying that that is a true story i don't know if it's true or not it's in my brain and i believe it (laughs) (laughs) but that's all there is to it it's it's a great uh it's a great story um you should i encourage people to look it up i still believe in sand (laughs) claws because i choose to well, that's go. well. That's <laughs> I'd leave that up to you. You put your uh, mind that's what I mean. to it. No, I mean, yes. Um. Alrighty. Well, we are already running over our previous two episodes, which <laughs> you know things happen. You know, is we had some good good conversation. Um, but I think it's time we get into Wandavision. Um, and just to give a quick recap, I guess, because I guess we we really haven't done that, but a quick refresher. Um, this was episode seven, I believe. Yeah. And basically, um, we we had made some predictions. Turns out that it was both Modern Family and The Office. It was more of a Modern Family style of like filming in terms of like doing the mockumentary, talking to the camera inside the house. But that intro was one hundred and ten percent The Office. Um, which with a I little know, Arrested Development in there too. 
I a little think. bit, yeah. The, yeah, the I, Darcy and Vision scenes, I think, at the circus were very Arrested Development. Oh, the episode itself, a hundred percent. Yeah, yes. I was, I was very happy with it. Um, it's another quick, show we didn't mention, Modern Family. I don't know if you, I haven't. Watched I, it. I enjoyed Modern Family. I didn't get into it in in the later seasons. I enjoyed when like all, um, like before like the kids grew up. You know, when they were still like a little bit younger. That's when I was watching it. But I've heard I, good things. I enjoyed it plenty. I've seen many episodes. Just, I mean, we did top five. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's probably in like my top 15. If we, you know, if we were to go that far. Um, yeah. I'm not sure we didn't. Yikes. <laughs> true. Um, so just to give a quick minute uh, or, or two minute recap. So episode starts and correct me if I'm wrong here. starts with um, Wanda. It's the day after she expands her her fake world here and she's kind of facing um her herself and and punishing herself if you will by giving her her a, a day to herself she calls it a staycation um or she's just gonna stay home and do nothing um she mentioned the q word oh, yes she did yeah we, and it was it it brought memories back it hit, it hit me. It, it, it hit me a little bit. I wasn't expecting that, but you're totally right. Um, so basically she's punishing herself or I don't even know if you can call that punishment because she's basically giving herself a day off and uh, entire day to herself. Agnes comes over, takes the children off her hands. Um, there's a couple neat um, interviews or, or moments where they're Agnes is talking to the camera that actually comes back at the end of it where um uh wanda's like don't worry like agnes doesn't bite and then he immediately cuts her talking to the camera i actually bit a kid once <laughs> and uh for for the comic book fans out there if if i'm not mistaken in the comics she actually eats the children like that happened in the comics i don't think that's gonna happen in the show but i felt like that was a, a nod to the comic book um storyline that uh this show I roughly do- follows I don't know if she actually bit ate the children, but I know what storyline you're talking about. We'll get into it, I think. Okay, after the, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, yes, Chuck. Okay, so I'm probably best. wrong, but um, either way, I thought that was funny. We get a little bit of um, Vision and Darcy comedy. Um, Vision meets Darcy at the at the carnival. Kind of has that uh, funny little interaction where he's like, "You don't remember me." We locked eyes and she obviously doesn't remember because she's under the, the mind control. And then he snaps her out of it. Um, and now they're on a mission to basically get to Wanda um, somewhere in the middle of the episode here. Um, Monica Rambo um, decides to go through or go back into the, the hex. Um, and we see that she gained her powers, which I think we all were expecting that this was eventually leading to her sort of um, becoming, um, I don't know if she's like gonna, a mutant or, or what that's supposed to be, but she's got her powers finally. That was really cool. And then you kind of have the the showdown at the end where, where she goes straight to Wanda's house, which I was not expecting. When, when, when she shows up there, I'm like, wow, they're really just going to dive straight into this. Um, they have a moment in the front yard where she's trying to talk to Wanda, about how um, Haywood's actually the bad guy, trying to make her look the, look like the bad guy, and then you get that scene where this all became real for at least for me, where Agnes is peeking out the window, and you are like, "Son of a b!" 
bitch. She is not who we, you know, may have thought she was. Then she comes out, saves Wanda, takes Wanda back into the house. Wanda immediately notices that the twins are nowhere to be found. Um, Agnes mentions that, oh, they're probably in the basement. She goes into the basement, and it's not really a basement. It's more of a dungeon. And there's a bunch of creepy, I don't know if you want to call them, like, artifacts. There's, like, a floating book, which we'll get into where we think that book is actually from here in just a second. And basically, Agnes follows her and reveals herself to be Agatha the Harkness, the witch, which I believe, did we all see this coming? I think we did, right? Yeah. There was definitely hints of it. It was whether or not she was going to be good or bad that was yes. kind of up for debate, and now we know. It I was think Agatha it's still up for debate. It was I, Agatha yo, all along. Yeah, we can't not mention that insanely catchy tune, which will be played at my wedding one day. Um, <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry that window was closed for you, um, but at my wedding, that is going to be 100% played. I'll figure but, it out. Um, so just a little bit of recap. Was there anything specifically in this show that, or in this episode that you guys wanted to, um, discuss before we kind of go into theories? Chuck. Um, all right. Before we got into the theory launching, um, if you guys have not looked up the Agatha all along remixes, I told Ricky and Dan to listen to some before. (laughs) The Trap remix is Good, that's pure fire. In. Yeah, we pure were listening fire. to that before we started recording. It was it was good. <laughs> Bro, we need to be listen- We need to be pregaming to that at some point. Um, yeah, if I wasn't ringtone. worried about copyright, that would be the intro to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we need also to send fun some fact, DMs. <laughs> that song was that song was listed on uh, Spotify, and the first two names on it were Kristen and Robert Lopez who you may know from um, writing the songs and lyrics for such movies as Frozen, including Let It Go, and Coco, including Remember Me. So oh my goodness. Keeping it in the Disney family, they brought those guys in to write that song, I guess. I um, didn't know that. I don't – I I think I, – I'm like 99% that's true because, like I said, on the song, like when you go and look at it on Spotify – it's got Kristen Anderson Lopez, Robert Lopez, and I see those. Oh, accidentally played it there a little bit. All right. Um, let's see what else I was gonna say. Um, I'm I, overall, I like this episode a lot. Uh, when she, when Monica Rambo is like going through the hex, and like all those voices are coming at her: Captain Marvel, her mom, Haywood. Yes. All those, I was like, this is like a superhero moment, which is awesome. Um, And then, and we'll get into more of that in the theories part of the episode as well. And then, um, Jimmy Woo, continuing to be one of the funniest characters on this show. Love that guy. In the MCU. I'm putting him, I'm putting one of the funniest in the MCU. Yeah. I am 100% on board with him getting his own um, X-Files type Marvel spinoff. That would be awesome. Um, I know a bunch of fans are calling for that, so it'd be cool if they actually went ahead with that. But I want him to actually get magic. Like, dude, the card, like, he's so fascinated with it. (laughs) Well, I hope we get more of him in these last two episodes, like, 
in action, if you will. Like I, I, I'm hoping for if this is going to come down to like some showdown, um, like I think it's going to, I would like to see him either in the hex in some form, um, or maybe he's the one that takes on, um, is it Hayward or Haywood? Hayward. Hayward. Um, maybe he's the one now that both Darcy and, um, Rambo are in the hex. Maybe he's the one who deals with him outside of it. So, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Woo is getting his hero moment. I hope so. Rambo, just as Chuck said, got her superhero moment. Mm -hmm. Just this last, he's getting his hero moment. He ain't getting a superhero moment, but he's going to get a hero moment for sure. Also also in the recap, you forgot to mention that sweet, sweet post credit scene that we've become so accustomed to. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. Um, So one one thing I'm going to say about that is I know that we got during the Agatha all along musical montage uh, she ended up being the one that was controlling Pietro um, that entire time when Pietro first, you know, introduces himself back in what is that episode five? I think. Yes, the very. End I am back on board that that is actually Pietro. I think that that is Fox's Pietro. I don't. I don't know why I'm, I'm going back onto this ship, but I am. Um, I do think that he is eventually going to. Um, either snap out of her control and reveal himself as X-Men, you know, um, Pietro, Quicksilver. And I think that that's going to be one of the things that introduces the multiverse. And I can well, actually, I'll tell you exactly why I think that it's because of all Spider-Man news. Um, the Spider-Man, they are clearly teasing the multiverse. I mean, if you do any sort of research beyond just what, they're, you know, posting on social media. It, to me, it seems very obvious. So I think that, you know, they've Kevin Feige even reiterated it today. He did some sort of presentation today. I don't know what it was, but he even said WandaVision is directly leading into Doctor Strange. Um, and was it the the multiverse madness or multiverse, multiverse of madness? Of madness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 100% multiverse confirmed. So I oh. think that this is going to be he's going to reveal himself as um, the Pietro from the Fox's X-Men movies. You first, Chuck. Well, I could not disagree with that last sentiment more. Um, uh, he, <laughs> hard on Chuck's side on this one. Oh, yeah. No. I just I think this is either just a pure Agnes creation. Um, Maybe it's something more, although at this point, I don't know if we're going to get Mephisto. I think at this point, maybe. Maybe not. Um, not not like in the show show. Yeah. Not integral to the story, but um, she's a working no, for a someone or something like that, you know. And Either he's gonna or, then show up in a in a movie or something like that down the road. They're there introducing go, him. There you he, go, Ricky. Now, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh. Well, and also because we have to talk about the commercial Nexus. Yeah. And in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, the Nexus is basically the portal for the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And there are Nexus beings that are like work to basically control and maintain balance in the universe. And in the Marvel Comics universe, the Nexus being. Excuse me, that was a taco. <laughs> indigestion. Um, 
Though it's, Nexus, when, it's Wednesday. What are we supposed <laughs> to do, guys? Nexus <laughs> being for the Marvel Universe is Wanda Maximoff. Yep. Yes. So, yes. and to also pull in what uh, Ricky was hinting at earlier in the comics, Agatha Harkness is involved in a plot to kidnap Wanda's children to give because they are parts of Mephisto. So I think we're going to get a version of that in this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the purpose will be. Um, I don't know if I can speculate on that. Um, and final speculation. So here's the thing. If we are going to get Mephisto, mm-hmm. Paul Bettany said the cameo that he's so excited to work for is someone he's been wanting to work with his whole life. Which means presumably the person he's wanting to work with is older than him, right? Mm-hmm. You would think. Al Pacino has played oh. the devil in Devil's Advocate. So if we get Al Pacino as a version of Mephisto, Mephisto in this show, I'm just letting you put it up. Somebody else put it out on Twitter, and I saw it, and I was like, I would. That would I be, saw this. I would die. Okay, wait. Okay, I have to. I have to cut you off there. Do you, are you saying that you think that's going to happen, or you want it to happen? I kind of want it to happen. I don't know if it will happen. The only other name that co- pops into my head, because again, it has to me. It has to be an older actor, so someone older than Paul Bettany. Um, what if we got Ian McKellen back as Magneto? Like we get a multiverse where because in the comics Magneto is Wanda's yes dad that see now that though Chuck will lean into Ricky's theory mm-hmm. of him actually being Quicksilver you know and, yeah and that in that they'd be tiding through the, so I I would love that but I I do not think that because of how you previously stated I do not think Pietro is actually Pietro I think he is another amalgamation of something. Um, that being said, freaking Magneto would be awesome. <laughs> um, I, I am more in the realm of, I, I, I'm following this more, not even as a story, the comics and stuff like that, as the MCU folds out, the MCU takes their time, you know, they don't, they don't just jump into crap that, you know, they, they lay the story together and like, we hear rumors that makes us think shit's going to happen that doesn't actually happen, and they do their own thing and slowly make that move forward, which makes you think Agnes, Agatha, Agatha, all along, <laughs> um, is the bad – she's the bad guy for this. You know, I don't think we're getting any crazy special reveal in the last episode or two of someone else is controlling Agnes or she's working – she's not working for someone – any more, I think, than like Loki was working for Thanos in the mm-hmm. Avengers. But Loki's the bat. He's the problem. He's who we have to deal with in this movie, this television show. Well, I heard Feige. You mentioned his rumors of multiple seasons of things, which could. He said no Wandavision. He said Wandavision oh, was going to be yeah. Wandavision was going to be a one season only, but he didn't rule it out for future shows because they have like. Upwards of a dozen shows coming out. Right, right. So uh, this is the cue to Multiverse of Madness. So the person mm-hmm. we are thinking that we're all excited for and that and we keep projecting and doing that's our mad that's our MOM bad guy. 
that that's uh, looking at the MCU and how they do things because it's the best way to do it. And we've freaking hooked them to a thousand podcasts about everything now because they're <laughs> awesome is that's how they lay things out. So yeah. I think we're getting some mini reveal. Monica Rambeau is our new superhero that we've gained out of this. Wanda's going to be, that's the real question. That's the only thing I don't have any idea what's going to happen is what, what is she? Um, but the big bad of this is Agatha, I think. So I don't think this is a spoiler because this has been confirmed, but Wanda is confirmed to be in future movies. Um, she's confirmed for multiverse of madness. She's and Spider-Man movie. and Spider-Man. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure she's confirmed for, for now we know, um, no way home. Um, I don't okay, trust so I, anything about that. Movie. <laughs> that's that's true. But I, I just want to get this straight. So you two are both on the boat that I was on last week where I thought that this casting of Evan Peters as Pietro was a giant trolling by Marvel to get you to think about that. So you guys are both on that boat. I have now jumped off of that boat um, back onto my original boat um, of thinking Evan Peters is – Fox is um, actually the Fox X-Men version of Quicksilver. And then to go off of Chuck's quote of Paul Bettany, what if the um, – and this might be a stretch, so this might sound very stupid. What if the cameo is Patrick Stewart coming back as Professor X? That's a That's a distinct possibility as well. Um, cause um, there's no way that they're getting, um, Hugh Jackman, you know? So like, I, I and I, I'm totally on board. This is somebody older. I think it could be, um, Ian, is it McGillen or McGillen? I can never pronounce his last name. Ellen. McGillen. 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 Yeah. I think it's either going to be him or Patrick Stewart. And if it is either of them, how could you not think then that Evan Peters is actually, you know, X-Men Quicksilver and that he's just under Agatha's mind control. I I don't think that's it. I know, but I, I, I know, I know Chuck you, did. Yeah. But so, something just popped into my brain. Has Paul Bettany ever worked with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, they were in. Um, yeah, he, the Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. I guess I guess they were. I'm just thinking of Nick Nick Fury kind of. Man, that would piss me off. <laughs> you know, like if that's what. Well, and you have to think Spider-Man: Far From Home. Nick Fury's on the sword base in space. That's I know, but uh, this goes back to my previous call of. I think the scrolls are involved to some degree. Because of the Captain Marvel ties to Monica Rambeau. And we heard Captain Marvel speak in this last episode. And she had sm- spoken previously about like uh, – remember Hayward had said we have a bunch of enemies from space. And, she has, and we got friends too. Mm-hmm. I think she's talking about the Skrulls. Like she has experience with the Skrulls as good people from space. And I, I just think that has to come back together in my opinion. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually went back um, – I want to say – in between our our last recording and tonight and rewatched the Marvel section of the Disney investor day where uh, Feige was kind of going over their future projects. And they do have that show. It's like called invasion something, 
where it's the about secret invasion. Yeah, where the scrolls are they, they've infiltrated every walk of you know human life, um, at, at every level they say so. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I guess what what I'm hoping for for these last two episodes is I am content. I Dan, you mentioned this already. You've had your new superhero reveal in in Monica Rambo. Um, I don't know if this show should introduce another. I mean, obviously, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But um, I've just seen crazy theories, and I know I brought it up last week of like them introducing Blue Marvel because in the comic books, Blue Marvel is um, friends with Monica Rambo. Um, people have thrown off fan theories of uh, John Boyega playing Blue Marvel, which, as much as I would love that casting, um, I don't know if this show can handle another because you've already got two of the Young Avengers and Billy and Tommy, um, and now you got Monica Rambo. I 100% agree with you, Dan. This Agatha is the big bad in this show. Um, she is working for somebody the same way Loki was working for Thanos in Avengers. Same exact relationship there. I do think there is somebody kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes, and they are going to be a future big bad, whether it's in Doctor Strange or, or in any other movie. But it's most likely going to be Doctor Strange because this leads directly into Doctor Strange. Um, but um, I have some predictions from last last episode that we have made one of these really isn't fair because i don't think we've still got our aerospace engineer reveal um i don't think yeah i i know they met the person they said they were going to meet um and i don't remember her name she had like a 20 seconds of screen time um i don't generic like coleman or yeah i don't think that was the reveal I don't think we're going to get a Fantastic Four reveal in this show. It makes sense. I, I think don't just, everyone wants it to be, but like they haven't even written the plot for Fantastic Four movie I know. yet. Like they just started writing. So like let's they probably haven't cast it yet either. So let's I think we got to slow down on that bit unfortunately. So I my, personally think I was the closest. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking mean, at him now. Chuck, you guessed um Eric Williams. Um, I guessed Reed Richards, and I even went a step further and said it was going to be John Krasinski as Reed Richards. <laughs> um, whoops. And I then, think you'll eventually be right about that part. Man, least. I hope. Um, I'd love to but, see Miles Teller give it another go. Oh, I'm a okay. Miles Teller fan. I just didn't particularly enjoy that film. I did either. The first half of that movie's okay, and then the second half of that movie, just like I'm like, oh, this is woof. You know, I would, studio interference. That's all. Yeah, interference that, that's one of those movies where I love everybody in that cast. Oh, yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't like that movie. <laughs> oh, every single person I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. And then, mm-hmm. God, that movie doesn't work. Um, yeah. And Dan, you predicted um, that we were going to get a reveal of one of the scrolls from Captain Marvel, which it sounds like you're still kind of sticking to your guns on I'm, that. Yeah, I, I still, I still think that's coming at some point because yeah. the fact that we have, the fact that you two were both wrong and just it's just nobody makes me makes me ah, lead towards a, like the sky. Yeah, or like that you know, it's still got to be somebody. But I'm yeah, I'm fully off the boat because if we were going to get a Reed Richards reveal, it would have been last episode. You can't do that now, in my opinion. Agatha um, all along feels like a pretty wicked, awesome turn that we got for yes. an episode to- towards the end of 
of the series. It's like a, a wick, a nice turn and a change in character. We're going to get a new thing for the next two episodes that we haven't seen yet. That feels like the turn, the big thing, you know? So I don't know if this is like a hot take. I'm not 100% convinced that she is going to be quote unquote evil. Um, mischievous probably, um, but she's got some uh, – She's got some sort of agenda, right? Like she's doing this for a reason. I hope we get that next episode because next episode is the penultimate, right? The second to last. It's going to mm-hmm. set up that um, whether it's a fight, which it's got to be a fight. I mean, this is a superhero TV show. It's going to be a fight. Well, what's interesting is I think about and and now we're getting into full spoilers. But like in this, yep. this episode, when you see the off camera person say, like, do you feel like you deserve this? And we know it's Agnes. Maybe yeah. some she blames something on Wanda, and whether or not that's justified, we'll we'll get into. I guess we'll figure it out. Um, shout out to the uh, boom guy from the office because that's also what it felt like. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, what else was I gonna say? Um. As to whether or not Agatha is, like, a sympathetic villain or not, bro, she killed a dog, so John Wick her ass as far as I'm concerned. Um, (laughs) Okay, but how many people did Loki kill, and look how we all feel about Loki, like, you know. They ain't dogs, though. They ain't dogs. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's very true. And none of them were named Sparky. (laughs) <laughs> There's got to be a John Wick meme out there with Agatha and and you know in killing Sparky and if there is I need to find it. <laughs> we need to create that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, um can can we just get a moment for a uh, a, a moment of appreciation for uh Catherine Hahn as Agatha? Also did the singing part for all of Yeah. Them. I was going to mention that. Yeah, I saw that. She is so unbelievably talented. I'm upset with myself for not uh, fully appreciating her because it seems like in her previous role, she's always kind of played the same character, at least what from what I've seen her in. I know I haven't seen her full body of work. Um, and I, I was very nervous when I saw her in the cast um, for this show. And holy crap, uh, she's stolen the show, in my opinion. She's fantastic. Acid. Oh, she's unbelievable. Do, do you remember when she like assaulted John C. Riley in a bathroom? Yeah. Step Brothers, <laughs> yeah. and like she she did that. And then she uh, <laughs> Chuck will get this reference. She represented a toddler size soda, like not like a size for a toddler. If you liquefied a toddler and put it inside of a cup, that's the size they were selling. That is a wonderful Parks and Rec episode. It yeah. is, but she's not in that. That's um that's the other per that's the other one that's Catherine the, oh is it the character's name is Catherine but the actress's name no, no Catherine yeah, she Hahn is, is a, she's, and a, she's the political yeah right because she's the political, she's the political. Affiliate for Ben and all that she that's she the, runs other the campaign lady. yeah the, yes. uh, for that represents Paul Rudd so eventually like, yes. I'm, I'm not gonna say Leslie Nopes killed the dog or doesn't she or murdered yeah. a dog in that episode yeah, no. five Ambo that I was talking about she said listen I'm not saying. And Leslie Nope's a puppy killer, but I'm just asking the question: Does Leslie Nope kill puppies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she holds up that puppy, and they're like, "Damn, she got the perfect puppy for that." Yeah, yeah and we've come full circle now on WandaVision with her 
Oh, and I killed Scout, too. Listen, you either die a hero or you live (laughs) to see yourself become the villain. Become Catherine Hahn. Oh, no, whoops, no. (laughs) (laughs) She, yeah, she's, she's freaking great. This, and I know we talk about, we've talked about this literally in every single recap we've done so far, but this show has surpassed my expectations more than any other show I think has. Um, I'm worried about rewatch. I'm worried about rewatch. She, I'm not as worried because I'm treating this more as like a movie. Like, uh, and Kevin Feige said it today when he was talking about somebody asked the question and whatever he was doing, some sort of um, uh, presentation was saying, like, you know, are are, are there going to be multiple seasons for these shows? And basically what he said is, like, we are not going to have multiple seasons for the sake of, like, multiple seasons, you know, like for, like, making money. Like, we've all seen TV shows that don't need a second season that make a second season. He's like, no, we're not doing that. We believe six hours is enough time to tell the stories that we want to tell. Um, yeah, they're, so, they're telling stories. They're not yeah. making TV, you know, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, th- this is very much set up like a movie. Um, I'm not terribly worried about rewatchability only because I don't feel like this show's going to need it as much. Like, I'm going to treat this, I mean, unless these last two episodes are a huge disappointment, which I don't think any of us think that, but I go back and I rewatch, you know, Infinity War or Ultron or wherever I want my starting point to be. This is going to fit into that. It's still part of the MCU. It's leading directly into newer movies. So, like, right before I go see Doctor Strange... I might watch these last two episodes that we still haven't seen yet if if this does directly play into it. So I'm not as worried about that as you might be. Fair enough about, like, in the series of movies, it will continue a story that you are mm-hmm. interested in. I'm talking about individual rewatchability. I watched Captain America Winter Soldier by itself. Guardians oh, okay. by mm-hmm. itself. Ragnarok by itself. Infinity War by itself. Without, Infinity War only because I know, know things and love it, but... Other movies just by themselves, just as nothing else, like no context. Mm. I'm worried about that with this show because of the time length and everything that comes with it. And the gimmick that is – I love finding out the new television thing and and seeing what it does each episode. But it is a gimmick. It's a bit of a gimmick that I'm not sure will work on retelling. I I guess one thing I would say is, you know – They've never done this before, this style, you know, of, of you know, a, a, a season long TV show. One thing I am excited for is rewatching this with a friend who hasn't seen it, um, you know, kind Ooh, of like, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be excited for, because I, I kind of get excited whether I'm showing like introducing a friend to the MCU or I, I think about this as well, like. You know, when one of my friends calls me up and says, hey, I'm about to start Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh, my God. So I think that that's where that that satisfaction is going to come from for me is when I one of my friends tells me, hey, I'm about to watch WandaVision. I'm about to be like, you are in for it. Yeah, not as much with the Game of Thrones anymore. I'm usually like, listen, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> yeah. <Have fun." laughs> This is I, I I am and we're doing I'm that one thing is we need to save this because we weren't gonna talk yes. about it. Yes. But uh <laughs> the the first seven are still worth it. We're yeah. we're Lake is rewatching it right now. I don't know. It's 
It's we're gonna have to save the game. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying not to say anything. I'm just making noises. Pretty sure, yeah, yeah. This episode's already clearing two hours. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So before we wrap it up here, um, what do you guys want to see from the next episode? And Chuck, we'll start with you. Um, I want to get Agatha's story a little bit. Like, I want to find out what her deal is, why she's doing this, and um. How vision is going to play into this final act, because I think part what's going to be really hard is I think this show. Sorry, we're going to have to say goodbye to vision. Yes, I think that's unfortunately what's going to happen is that we're going to have to say goodbye to vision at some point. So. Whether what what happens with that, how that's set up for the finale, we'll see. But I mostly I just want to see like Agatha's motivations. Um, you know, why Agatha is doing this and what role, how much of this is Scarlet is Wanda and how much of this is Agatha, basically. Dan, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll, I'll, because Chuck, Chuck nailed a couple, a couple Mm -hmm. things for me. Vision is the key. Like vision is the crux, a little bit of this that we don't even think about. Hayward's after him. There's, he can't survive in this. This has to end. He's part of the end, obviously, mm-hmm. and and like Chuck said, I don't think we continue with him, and I'm worried about the kids too. Um, and I just had like a brilliant, crazy, uh, brilliant. Uh, um, scratch that. Just a, a, a thought. Uh, what if Vision's cameo that Paul Bettany's never worked with or whatever is like when he's finally gone or something like that, and, and it's like. Jarvis reverting back and he like sees RDJ before he's like done for forever. Not that he's, I guess he's never he's worked with him. He's worked with him. So that's the that's the 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 hole in that. But I just thought I just thought of the, the end of vision that Chuck brought up made me think of that. Um but then, just cool. real quick and I'll let you go, Ricky. I think mm. the, the the knowledge of Agatha. We need to know what she's doing, why she's here, why she's doing what she's doing, what's going on. That's the that's the thing I'm most curious about for the these last two episodes. Yeah, I I think the one thing that I want to know, um, besides the fact, you know, like what's Agatha's deal, um, I want to know how she got close to Wanda because at some point she had to, you know, get close enough to Wanda in the real world to make this happen. So I want to know how that happened, like, um. I don't know if you want to call this a prediction, but like one of the things that I thought of of how they could do this is obviously, um, well, actually, was she controlling Wanda when Wanda broke into um, or broke into Get Vision's body? That's yeah. uh, that's one thing I want to know because, um, you know, if if that's the case, if she was in control, then I think that kind of um, makes the possibility of Wanda turning into a villain a little less likely. Um, which God, I hope doesn't happen, but I know a lot of signs point to that eventually happening. Um, especially if man, if, if they take this away from her, where if she has to lose vision again and she loses these two kids, um, which I know happens in the comic book, she's, she's going to lose her marbles, man. Um, so that's what I want to know. Um, and then to go into vision, um, they're going to have to kill him again. And I'm going to have to, yep. I'm going to have to get over that. Um, now, whether it's going to be in this like you know this 
heroic sacrifice like it was in Infinity War. I think this is going to be – I'm predicting a tearjerker like um, Peter holding on to Tony when he's getting dusted. I think it's going to be one of those like where she realizes – that she needs to let go and it's going to be this super sad moment where I'm probably going to cry because I freaking love Paul Bettany as vision. I'm not going to want to see him go. Um, and honestly, I think I'm going to be a little disappointed if they find a way to not get rid, like not get rid of him, but not kill him off again because he has to go with this show. He has to. The only problem is the mind stone. Yeah. Or the stone's gone, or there's a recreation of the stone, but that's I, I'm hoping we get something more to talk about in the next two weeks about that. You know, I one thing I've seen as a possibility as to how they could keep Vision is um, going back, and I don't know if one of you guys said this. You may have, so stop me if if this was one, something you guys said. Um, in Infinity War, when he's on that table and Shuri's kind of going into his files and she's trying to do all that, and she's basically trying to keep Vision as Vision, but extract the stone. Um, and if we somehow find out that, oh, there's this backup file of Vision, you know, so, hey, you can, you know, he's still here. That's the only realistic way that, that I see that um, happening. But at the same time, I think that Vision's story should end with the hex i think that's going to make um the most sense so um how they do that is going to be interesting so i think that's what i'm most looking forward to um that's probably not going to happen next episode but over the last couple episodes um is there anything else either of you two want to add before we kind of wrap this up no, I think that's all we can fit in this yeah. mega-sized episode. Two hours and 15 minutes later. If you've stuck with us this long, um, your name is probably Kathy Uniac, and you are probably my mother, so thank you. Um, I appreciate <laughs> that. But on a serious note, um, I haven't shared this with you guys yet, and I, I will after we stop recording, but our numbers for the first couple episodes have certainly taken me by surprise. So thank you to everybody who listens. Um, hopefully you do truly enjoy this and you're not just doing this to make us feel better about ourselves. Um, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter too. We are, um, at mind popcorn at mind. Your popcorn was taken. Do not follow them. We are at mind popcorn. Give us a follow. Um, we will eventually earn that name and take it from them. Eventually. I mean, we're a couple weeks away, I think from like a, tesla level sponsorship which is pretty exciting <laughs> no rocks get allowed no rocks allowed <laughs> well it's probably gonna be more like lisa mattresses or something like that but okay, either way okay. um we're, we're getting there so thank you to everybody who's listening um please follow us on twitter um we would love to be able to kind of grow our following on there and we also post uh news about upcoming movies and tv shows as well as when the next episodes are going to be releasing so make sure you do that and then do you guys have anything that you want to sign off with? Uh, just mind your popcorn and uh, tune back in next week for what will hopefully be a, 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 we're going to we're trying to get better and better every week. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. We promise. <laughs> yeah, guys, we, we obviously have a lot to say. It's all important. You should listen to all of it. <laughs> but we're going to figure out how to not say all that. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to condense this a bit but we'll, 
we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, top five's not fair for us to even get like that. That's a, that's an entire episode, guys. Top five. We need to, yeah. we need to restrain ourselves. I think next week when we do the dramas, we're going to have to set a timer. Like, hey, you get five minutes of, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of conversation time here. So we will uh, we will work on that. So thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, yeah. And other than that, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.